Hello, what's up, and welcome back, everyone, to another episode here on Real Resilience with Matthew LaStalia. I am an organizational resilience strategist. I am also a master resilience trainer, or at least used to be in my former life in the Army, uh, where I spent five years working with soldiers and special agents and civilians regarding personal and emotional resilience and strategies to overcome obstacles to lead a more fulfilling life and to keep them battle and mission ready um, even in the face of adversity whether that be at home or in the field um, today i wanted to talk to everyone about the cultural phenomena the the overwhelming issues that that are plaguing us today ukraine no <laughs> inflation no supply chains no i want to talk about chris rock <laughs> so i want to talk about what happened during the oscars i am sure that all of you have already heard about this i'm sure all of you have already heard about numerous uh, heard numerous takes and opinions and thoughts about this. Um, this is less, this is going to not be so much about my opinions or feelings about this. The only opinion, or I guess feeling that is really making its way into this is that I'm not going to talk about the other party involved. I don't think he's particularly relevant, um, to what I'm going to speak about. And so I feel like talking about him is, is more of a distraction and you guys can get all of that, um, thought process and what led to his decision elsewhere because I don't particularly care um, what I care about is how Chris Rock responded both in the moment and afterwards which I think have some really interesting lessons and components for us to kind of take away when it comes to resilience in our own lives and how to think about it and so um, so yeah, that's, that's, I think that's really kind of why I wanted to hit on today. But before I got into that, I did have a very interesting, uh, story that I wanted to share with you guys today. What happened to me this morning? It was, uh, it, it is, it was an opportunity for me to really be grateful for the amount of, I, if you're going to categorize different types of luck, I am prone to the dumb luck, to the the random, here's a gift from the universe, uh, who knows the motivations of the universe, so <laughs> that's, but all I know is that I have been favored by this randomly throughout my life, and I, because I acknowledge my, I acknowledge it, I feel like it makes it more, a more common occurrence, or at least it it drives my attention towards that luck more frequently. So when it does happen, it's like it triggers the thought in my mind that I am lucky. I have dumb luck. And so when those things come up, I it's easier for me to see it and it's easier for me to be grateful for it. So what happened to me today was um, I had physical therapy for my old man feet. So I went in to the dock at the same time that I have made all of my appointments at this clinic, 7.30 a.m., and I show up, you know, early. I'm waiting outside. They don't even open the doors to the facility until 7.30 on the dot. So I'm out there waiting, you know, 10, 15 minutes prior like you do. And, you know, the lights turn on. The lady comes up. She opens up the doors. She lets us in. And she starts taking all the people that are out there waiting one by one. 
So I'm second in line, and the uh, I go up there and I, I speak to the lady. She's like, "Oh, I'm not normally here, so like, you know, bear with me a little bit while I work with the system." And I was like, it's "No problem at all. I got I got all the time in the world. Like, not an issue." Um, so she looks through, and I was she's like, "You know, give me your information." I told her, and she's like, "Okay, yeah, your appointment's right over there." And I was like, "All right, thank you. I appreciate it so much." And so I go over, sit down and wait, and my physical therapist comes out, and she goes, "Hey." don't you, do you know that your appointment's at 3.30 today and not at 7.30? And I was like, oh, that's right. I totally forgot because we had just come off of vacation and I had to reschedule some appointments. I had to make this one time different because they didn't have my normal time available. And I completely forgot. I went, I, all I saw was in my calendar as this is as thorough as I am with my own scheduling apparently is that I saw that I had physical therapy. And so I immediately assumed that it was in line with, you know, the the consistency that I've made in the past. And so there's a lesson for you, you know, don't fall prey to your own habits uh, and, and past decisions uh, because it's not necessarily always the case that it's going to be exactly the same. So I showed up and I was like, oh, well, I can't. I made this drive, which thankfully it's not that long of a drive. It wasn't really that big of a deal. And I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to come back, aren't I? And she's like, well... The person who's supposed to be here is not here. So I actually might have an opening if you want to try to come back. She's like, I might have to stop in the middle. You know, like if he shows up, I'm going to have to, you know, ask you to leave and to take him because it's his time. And I was like, that's not a, that's not a problem. I'll, I'll roll the dice. I'm already here. <laughs> you know, let's do this. So I went back and we were able to go through the whole thing and it was wonderful. And then I was leaving. You know, I thanked her so much for, for being willing to work with me and see me in and it ended up working out for her. I told her that she could enjoy her nice break when I was supposed to be there later. So I went to the front desk because I needed to reschedule an appointment or I need to schedule the next appointments. And I went to the front desk lady and I told her, I was like, oh, hey, yeah, it was really funny. I actually wasn't supposed to be here at 730. And then she saw in the system, she was like, oh my gosh, you weren't. I wasn't even supposed to like check you in because you went, I should have told you that your appointment was here and had you come back. I was like, well, I'm really happy that you didn't. She's like, well, I'm not, like she said before, she's like, I'm not normally the person that's here. So, um, so it was really interesting how all of the stars had to align in a certain way in order for this to come true. I had to have a new person on the desk that was going to check me in and let me go all the way through. I was going to have to phys have a physical therapist that was willing to be flexible on the spot and, and be willing to let me in and see me, uh, given the fact that somebody else was supposed to be there. And I found out also that this gentleman whose appointment it was is very consistent with his times and showing up. And so I caught this one time, this one day where he didn't show up. And I happened to be there by mistake to come in um, and get through the initial barriers to entry and all the way through to uh, my physical therapist. And so all of that is a very long-winded personal anecdote of my own dumb luck that I am so happy to have. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, some people feel like they're very unlucky and I, and I feel terribly bad for them because I feel that I am extremely lucky all the time. And there are things that are obvious that you can think that you're lucky for and that you can be grateful for. Um, and we talk about those frequently with gratitude and gratitude practices, how you can acknowledge those, how you can start to identify those in your life. I, I think that a really good practice is, is to try to start your day off with it because it really helps to, to put your mind and kind of 
a different range of gears, a different mode of operation than maybe it would be otherwise. It kind of puts you in the driver's seat um, because you're choosing, like I'm choosing to do this action where I'm going to be grateful first thing. And there's no way that you walk away from being grateful to saying, uh, you know, to, to going into extreme negative feelings. Like you have this sense of gratitude and, and, and so you feel better, you feel good. And that can often times be transposed or it can be almost transmitted. I, I, I've said in the past that um, positivity and, and smiles and, and your attitude is as, you know, um, contagious as, you know, anything, anything that we know of, because you just think about the last time that you walked by somebody who was, you know, smiling or laughing. If you're not, if you weren't there, like judging the crap out of them, then you would probably smile too. Like, especially if it was just like somebody that walked by and just kind of smiling and you could just tell that they were genuinely happy, like something great just happened. And that puts a smile on your face. You're like, oh man, I wonder what happened. That's really cool. And then you're smiling. That's great. And there's a thousand different ways that you can kind of actively pass this along. But like I said, I think starting your day off with gratitude kind of puts you in the driver's seat of your mental existence if you will for the day and you then you know you're not being pulled into any particular direction by another entity by uh, by outside or external stimulus um that is going to impact you one way or another especially in the the news cycle that we have going on now with uh ukraine and just everything around us so it's not a news show, so I don't plan on going into the news, but I did, like I said, I really want to cover a little bit of uh, cultural issues. I was going to say significance, but it's really not significant. Um, everyone wants to make it significant. Apparently, everyone wants to tie it to whatever their little pet project is, uh, the different meanings and, and, you know, how they're interpreting and seeing what happened with Chris Rock. So essentially, if you are not um, spun up on this, uh, you should you should do that just because it's it's short it's a short enough situation, um, but just to cover the kind of highlights, Chris Rock made a joke about another famous actor's wife, um, that about her hair because she had a she her head was shaved. He didn't know that she had alopecia, um, and he made like a GI Jane. He's like, I can't wait to see you in GI Jane two, um, which was actually kind of like a compliment joke crap talking you know what i mean like it wasn't ah, it's it's not a it's not even particularly funny it's probably it's probably the only bad thing i'll say about about it for chris rock is you know he is hilarious i found him hilarious since i was a kid watching him way before i should have been able to <laughs> i remember watching uh bigger blacker and uncut like probably a thousand times when I was a kid and it was the most hilarious thing in the world to me I loved it I was dying laughing every time it did not get old which is just a testament to the power of his jokes and his his the power of his storytelling and his delivery and and the mastery of his craft I've just and and I'm not I love Chris Rock, so that's that's there's like my bias going into this, but I'm not looking at this like Chris Rock is a hero in any way, shape, or form. He misstepped, right? Like he talked he talked some crap, and then the husband who initially laughed at the joke <laughs> until he looked at his wife and he saw her response, then he was like, Oh, she's not happy about this. He gets up, walks on stage, and smacks Chris Rock across the face. 
just like it wasn't even like a like a like an elbow or like a shoulder it was like his whole torso like like it's you see the pictures all of you guys i'm sure are well aware of this um but chris rock's response one as it was happening as the as this man was approaching him he was like okay okay here we go like and he wasn't he he didn't take an aggressive stance he was like okay i get it you're gonna come up like you're probably gonna say something to me um and let me know that i'm in the wrong got it and then he gets smacked and he was like (laughs) he said oh man i just got the you know the s slapped out of me on national television by and then you know he names the guy and so, <laughs> but he, but he's, so he's there and he's kind of like in the state of recovery, just like the state of astonishment, just like, okay, all right, well, that just, that just happened. Like, uh, uh, let's, let's move on, I guess, to, that's crazy. Like it was, his, it was, it was so befuddled by it. I felt, I felt bad for him, you know, and it's probably my bias again. A lot of people thought it was justified. I don't think that in that setting, in that way, like if you were at a bar and you were having some drinks and and you were talking some crap, yeah, things get out of hand, but you're at like, you're at the Oscars. Like That's crazy. You get up on stage and then the guy who was, who, who smacked him sat down and he was screaming at him from the audience like a heckler at a a comedy show bananas absolutely bananas as far as like personal decision making uh on behalf of this gentleman's part but like i said that's not what i wanted to focus on i wanted to focus on chris rock's response and so um apparently later this guy came up and he apologized and another person came in and was like doing mediation or whatever but uh but it was all it was all good chris rock said he was going to press charges or anything like that and it was um and basically like they were they were going to settle it between themselves and and come to terms and and that is what i think is kind of it's it, it it's a resilient move you know it's it shows a lot of resilience it shows um your ability to kind of to literally take a punch or to take a slap um and to one to be able to keep your composure like that's just professionalism like to be able to you know obviously he was befuddled and shocked just because who would ever anticipate something like that happening on live national or global television and and yeah it's just it's so far beyond the pale of anything that you would anticipate happening so to keep his composure to the manner that he did and to be able to carry on and then to not to know that this image, this still shot of you getting slapped across the face is getting plastered across all media, like news, everybody, independent media, YouTube, everywhere, here. I'm not showing the picture, but, you know, it's like, it's everywhere. So, so and to, to, to not succumb to pride and to other people, you know, potentially feeding in to to retribution of any kind and and suing the other person i mean i'm sure that that chris felt like he was probably you know a bit in the wrong i don't know if he felt like he deserved it but it was you know he was he was he was man enough and he was professional enough and he was a resilient enough to to handle this in stride and to not lose his cool during or after because a lot of times 
you see our 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 tempers will exacerbate as it goes as like you leave the event it can be an issue where your mind is just circling around this and then when you have all of these external stimuli that are coming in that you're just seeing your face getting slapped across all of these sites and you're seeing and and i mean maybe this is also a testament to the people he keeps around him that helped him keep a cool head you know after however long chris rock has been in the media spotlight which has been for a very long time he is likely i don't imagine that you could do what he has done this successfully for so long without kind of you know separating the wheat from the chaff when it comes to uh you know the people the quality of people you keep around you so he's probably got good people around him i hope and I, I think that this would probably be a testament testament to that is that he's got good people around him. They're like, hey man, it's all good. Like, don't even stress that. Like, it's you know, we we got you. Homeboy came and said he was gonna apologize and did apologize. And so it's, you know, let's let's let let it lie. Let it lie, kind of a thing. And so hopefully that's what his his friends were doing. But whether they were or they weren't, what he's chosen to do is to keep it low key. You know, like he hasn't made a big deal of it. He hasn't come out as far as I've seen. Maybe he has since, but, uh, you know, since the time of this recording. But from everything that I've seen, he hasn't like come out and made some big public statement and talked about how ridiculous it was and play up the victim card or anything like that. Like not at all. And so that's that's big. I think that's huge. And I think that we can look at that because it's when we think about resilience, you know, resilience is not it's not a preventative measure right anti-fragility which is incredibly powerful and if you haven't read anti-fragile by malcolm gladwell you absolutely must um it's a it's a it's one of the best books on these to- on this topics and, and mindset and the power of that um that i've ever read that and grit grit by angela angela duckworth incredible books um but it's resilience is like i said it's not a a preventative it's not a proactive measure it is very much a a response measure it is how you respond to adversity and so you can't be like super resilient and avoid obstacles or i should say being highly resilient doesn't make you better at avoiding obstacles it makes your ability to bounce back from them better it's it's increasing your endurance so to speak it's it's increasing your ability to take a punch or a slap in this case and uh and then to look at the situation for what it is not letting your emotions loose and drive you to an action that you wouldn't take otherwise um without you know at least some intervention of thought in the process um so <clears throat> i think basically that it, it you know chris chris gave us a really good example of what it's like to to get you know to get hit almost literally <laughs> pretty you didn't get punched but you think, i guess it would fall into a category of being hit um and to be able to 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 bounce back, right? There's, you know, he he knows he's secure in his position. He knows who he is, and he doesn't, you know. Obviously, he's for for himself. He's not requiring much more than the apology from Will Smith. So, oh, I said it. 
there it is. My bad. I tried to avoid it because, like I said, I didn't think that he was particularly relevant to this, um, to the conversation. But, I mean, you all know who it is anyway. This was just, like, my effort to to not put focus on him because he's got his own stuff going on <clears throat> and it is what it is. But I think that that is, like I said, I think it's a great, a great look at resilience, a great look at modern day resilience and, and, and how, how it looks because resilience isn't necessarily a pretty thing. It's actually pretty ugly most of the time because like I said, it does not exist um, in spite, uh, or, or it, it only exists in spite or in response to some, some hard stuff, some, some stressful situations, physical altercations, you know, uh, and so whenever we talk about resilience, you know, I, I like to talk about taking control of your, your own mentality and, and how to kind of rewire your mind to, to look at things differently in a consistent manner to be able to suss out and tease out the facts and be able to really question and and halt yourself in in a potentially over emotional response one way or another uh you know it's it is a it's a recalibration tool right and it's it's how quickly can you recalibrate to getting back to where you were? And then that's where kind of anti-fragility comes into place where, you know, the idea of anti-fragility is that it goes into the same ideas. I, I believe it's called hormesis where once you are attacked by something, I believe that hormesis is, is the description of what happens on uh, a, a much smaller scale, like a, I don't know if it's a microscopic, like a biological microscopic or cellular level, but it's it's basically the idea that once like the, a, a system gets attacked, then um, its response ends up resulting in it becoming stronger. It's kind of the way. I don't know if if muscle building goes technically falls into the hormesis category. It's just not totally my lane, but it, it, in in a kind of layman's understanding of all these things, uh, I, I believe that it can kind of somewhat categorically fit if it does not technically. Because the idea is, you know, you're when you are lifting weights and you're doing things that stress out your muscles, you are tearing them down. And then in response to them being tear, torn down, they, they come back and they build up bigger and stronger. And that's why your muscles actually get bigger when you're working out. And so it's, yeah, they got hurt, but their response is they get stronger. And so that's where I feel like resilience um, is not sufficient in and of itself. It is it is a great concept, and that's why I focus so much on it. Because if you can just get yourself back to where you were at before, then I feel like that's great. I feel like that's an amazing move, and a lot of people can't. A lot of people get struck by these things, and they end up crashing down and not ever able to recover to the same kind of uh, status or situation that they were in prior to, which is unfortunate um, because there are tools out there and these tools are not discussed or promoted or endorsed in schools. Like these are, these are everything we talk about. There's nothing here that's so complicated that it cannot be 
it cannot be discussed in a way that children can understand. You know, you could you could bring this in and without even giving it its whole own block of instruction. And you could just bring in like a small one small lesson a day. You could even in, integrate it in with with situations with stressful situations that are occurring in real time in school if the teachers know about it. And so they need to be trained. They it, it's a train the trainer kind of situation. Like what happened with me in the army. You know, they did a master resilience training program. I went through the whole thing, graduated top of my class, and you know I was then not just trained in how to practice resilience for myself, but how to facilitate resilience training for others. And it's something that you can do on the fly. It's small little lessons, stuff you can do in the classroom. And I think that it's extremely powerful because the earlier you develop these skills, the more you are able, one, the, the less setback you are in you know, as you're developing. So if you're able to get back to your baseline from a young age when stressful situations occur, then your ability to to launch forward and, and to continue to strive, continue to to try new things and to not feel overwhelmed and to not feel too stressed out or not to not to take your failure and one thing to to say, oh well, you know, I didn't do very well and I got cut from the football team. And so that means I'm probably not going to do so well on the wrestling team. You know, it's the, it's the expansion. You know, you're taking one failure and you're, you are spreading it cross low to, you know, from everything because you, you didn't do so well in one. Where that might not necessarily be the case. You know, you might actually really excel in, in, in wrestling or you might really excel in swimming or basketball or, you know, lacrosse, whatever, whatever other endeavor you want to do maybe it's maybe you don't even want to do sports maybe but like that lack of confidence uh doesn't have to spread to your ability to be on like the debate team or the chess team or whatever it's just and and being able to recognize that and seeing the people that are going through these things there's there are obvious opportunities when there are cuts like why not have people there that talk about it like hey that's cool like now that you know you didn't end up making the team like sorry man like come out a lot of times what the coaches will come out and say hey you know try again next year you you were real close there were just a lot of real competitive kids and and you know we like what we saw in you and just just develop these things you, you know keep running and keep working on it and and refine your skills and come back but why not be able to take those same exact people and have them expand the conversation just a little bit and just have them teach them to ask questions of the kids like like, hey, so what's your plan now? Like, you didn't make the team. That's not the end of the world. Like, like, have you thought about the wrestling team and this stuff? And, and some adults, some coaches in these situations, some teachers uh, do this. And, and you'll see positive results from it. And and that is something that they've learned and they've, they've brought in kind of of their own accord. But how much is that being, like, inculcated? How much is that being in as being brought in as part of the process is, like, you know, we want this to be kind of standard issue, but at the same time, it's like those those are powerful because there is a genuineness to it, and it's something that you do have to be careful if you were to bring it into schools is is that you would have to really consider the impact of of you know making like a block of instruction or being like okay all the kids that got cut please come into this room and we're going to discuss resilience and what your plan is like it's it's a different impact when a coach pulls you off to the side on a one-on-one 
than if you get pulled into a room with like all the people that got cut and, and but there's power there if you you can do that though you could do that too if you know how to do it well if you can facilitate that and you get some some people to start communicating then that can actually spur that kind of encouragement and in, in others if you get somebody to <clears throat> start talking oh you know what like i really wanted to play football but you know I definitely want to try something else. And other kids are like, oh, I didn't even think about trying something else. And like, they're going to, what are you going to try? Oh, I like you or, you know, and you're going to go try that. Or like, you know, I felt like we were on the same, uh, like capability level when we were out there and you say you're going to try that. Like, well, oh, maybe I'll try it too. You know, it's just, it, it might spur something. It's just a matter of how you can, <clears throat> the capability of the people really to be genuine and to not turn it into another boring block of instruction that the kids are just going to roll their eyes at and the thing is kids are going to roll their eyes <laughs> at a lot of stuff they're going to roll their eyes in every subject it's different kids are going to roll their eyes at different subjects but other people are going to take it in but the more you kind of bring these ideas and bring these questions to the kids and kind of you know provide them a sense of agency use resilience strategies and techniques and practices to to bring in agency to the kids where they are in charge like hey this is your life man like what do you want to do now like you didn't this didn't this thing didn't end up working out like what's what's the plan what's the next step or, or you know are you dead set on football like well, what do we got to do you know like what are you going to do how are you going to train like maybe that's it maybe they're not going to pick up another thing maybe they're going to pick up their own kind of personal training and maybe you know that turns into something else so it's just you know it's an important aspect, obviously. I think so. I'm a little biased because I have this show. It's called Real Resilience. So you would imagine that I would I would advocate for that. So I think it's important. I think it's powerful. And um, I'd love to see it get picked up more and more. And that's why I continue to come here. It's why I continue to talk to you guys. Hopefully you found this episode a little bit uh, entertaining. This is kind of a little bit lighter, but uh, still... Still powerful, still powerful stuff, and, and and it was fun. So hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please like, share, subscribe, all of the good stuff. Um, we'd love to have you back here again. And and the more that you subscribe to this channel, then obviously the the better we can do. You know, it helps helps to promote it. It helps to get the word out there. The more you share it, if you if you know somebody, um, I, I I like the idea, the premise. You know, if if you have two people that you think that this would this would serve them well like and they would be open to the ideas and concepts that we talk about here and it's just a good fit send it to them and then find that one person that maybe they they would be like oh my god really like you're you're listening to a guy talk about resilience a guy with a you know big beard <laughs> like who is this guy um talk about resilience like what do you what do you this is what you do um you can uh send send it to send it to that guy because if you think he needs it if you think she needs it um, because you'd be surprised, you know, sometimes that immediate response isn't the long-term response. Sometimes people get a piece of information, especially when you, you package it the right way and, uh, it sits with them a little bit and then, you know, a moment comes up, like, yeah, okay, I'll throw it on, you know, I'll see what it was recommended by a friend. So may, maybe it's got something there. So if, if you think it was good enough, like, if you think it was great enough, share, 
And I would love for you to subscribe and hit the notification button on the YouTube channel and and feel free to rate me on the podcast stuff and iTunes and all that fun stuff because that helps too. Every little thing helps. Those are the tiny little things that that would make a world of difference for me and not too much effort on your part. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for coming here again. It's great to be back behind the mic and I cannot wait to come back again. Um, I will be doing another, I'll be doing probably a video in, in the Facebook group on Real Resilience on Facebook about the vacation that I just did and uh, and some of the key takeaways that I have for you guys when it comes to travel and kind of the mentality of those who travel um, now that we've been doing that quite a bit. So uh, that's exciting. I can't wait to talk to you guys about that. Until then, have a great day. Have a great continuation of your week. And I can't wait to see you again. Love you guys. Talk to you again soon.